P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Should be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why I'm nervous right now. It's weird. Our headsets are good. We're mic check. Testing. Testing. One, two. Oh, boy. This is like the inside of the cold opening. This is like yeah, true, this is a true... A true cold opening. And Kyle, I mean, are you, you're nervous about your face being shown? Or I'm what, just... My face on? is... I look like a tomato. A tomato. A tomato. It's, it's uh... A Jersey Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad you put on a shirt today. But, um... It does not... I love... I think it was worn ironically. I think so, because Cream Magazine is... Oh, we'll get into that for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I'm a little unhappy you're not wearing pants, but okay. You ready to do this? Nope. Well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy. That's a paper. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hello, welcome to this very special live edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. In the flesh, live, and in living color. <laughs> We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. That is a lie today, though. We're not going to talk a great movie? No, we're talking about a very great movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorites. But we're not home, we're actually... Oh, yeah, we're in uh, Chicago, Chai yes, Town, yes. Bean Town. You have to think about it. Not Bean Town. What? It has the bean. Oh, in the park? That... Yeah. No. Oh, that's Boston. Yeah. No, the thing is in the park here. But mm. the, the, they eat beans in Boston, I believe. Yeah. But I don't know. We're coming to you live from Chinatown in an Airbnb. So. Yes, so apologies if there's a little bit of laggy internet. Yeah, um, but you know we what? We kind of just got here. So. Yeah, but this is obviously coming to you live right now, but this episode we are doing you know, audio recording, and it'll come out our usual Wednesday spot, which is uh, the, you know, this coming Wednesday. Whatever. This coming Wednesday, yeah, and you could find us on cageclub.me. Yeah. I'm saying that because I'm wearing the Cage Club t-shirt. And I'm wearing Detroit Sucks, as I said, and again, which, it doesn't suck. No. It's the home of RoboCop, and you have a statue now, which is cool. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Almost Famous, phenomenal. by the way, if you haven't seen Almost Famous, this is a reference. Yes, this is Almost a shirt Famous. worn by Philip Seymour Hoffman who plays Lester Bangs. The a crew. real shirt that Lester Bangs wears. Yes. I mean, wore. Wore. Yes. <laughs> a real shirt that he wore because mm-hmm. you can see it in the Google images of him. And we'll talk more about him as well. Yeah. I just want to get this out of the way. It's my mom's birthday today. Mary Reinfried, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Reinfried. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow, this film. This film is just... I. I don't know. It's just something magical about it. It really, like, my two, I'm a broken record, no pun intended, because of music and stuff like that, but I always say film is my wife and music is my mistress. Like, nothing would, like, if I could, like, be, like, I mean, not again, not, like, famous, but just make a career out of, like, playing music, that would be, my, like, a dream come true. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, but I just, I love, no, I love, I love, I love, I love music, and the music of this 
time, this period of this movie. Great soundtrack, too, on the side. Yeah, I mean, just a quick trivia for you right here. Usual movie, uh, like, soundtrack, $1.5 million is budgeted for it. This one, $3.5 million. Wow. Over 50 songs. Cameron Crowe went to England and showed a cut to Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, and they gave him permission. Still didn't give him permission for uh, Stairway. 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 Denied. Denied. Wayne's World. Bummer. In Chicago. Whoa! Aurora. Aurora. (laughs) Cicerao. So, um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, great soundtrack, but... Yeah. This is a movie that, for guys our age or people our age, it's like a coming-of-age tale of our generation. It's so good. I mean, what... Um, this came out when we were a pr- actually like just a tad a year or two younger than the lead character of uh, William. He's 15. I think we were like 13 years old. But um, it's, I mean, that's when you first saw it around that time. Yeah, it wasn't in the theater. No, no. Yeah. I saw it um, probably when it first came to pay-per-view or blockbuster rental. And this was I've said it before on the podcast, but this was a uh, another Reinfried family movie night movie, and uh, yeah. I mean, when you Didn't see disappoint it as a, anybody. As, when you see it as a kid, it's just so awesome. And my biggest fear, I hadn't seen it. I mean, I'd seen it recently, but at least not in a couple of years. I'm like, oh, I hope it doesn't like. I hope it holds up. I guess. Ooh, yeah, it does. And and you know, it really does. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. It's a. It's a. I'm not afraid to say this. It's a perfect film. I don't know about perfect. Okay. I, but like, because yeah. there are very few perfect films for me. Sorry for nitpicking, but it's. This this sounds corny, but it's a film that really like restores my belief in film itself. You know, like unfortunately, this film is seventeen years old. So, <laughs> no, but in, in terms of like, this is Cameron Crowe. Right? Yeah, this is him doing a semi autobiographical tale. Yeah, which is awesome. We'll get into that. Yeah, and and it's him just kicking ass and doing a good job at it. Yeah. I mean... And th- this is his magnus opus here. This is his... Yeah, this is... We- we've we've mentioned uh, him before, I feel like, because we were talking about like Tom Cruise in some way. Or well, we on also... Joey Breaker, we kind of talked about how Joey Breaker was the kind of worst version of Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And we did, yeah, so in that spectrum... I mean, th- this is a movie, like a quotable movie... Just like a really like, uh, or maybe not quotable, iconic scenes. Yeah. Some really iconic. Scenes. I would say that Jerry Maguire is a little bit more quotable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be one of the most quote. That might be the most quotable movie of all time. Yeah. It's definitely in the top it's three. Up there. Yeah. I'm sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> I definitely mean much more like iconic scenes. And I'm gonna say this: the besides the tiny dancer uh, sequence in the bus. I really think some of the most iconic scenes are by our main man, PSH. Philip Zimmer Hoffman, yeah. I mean, he just brings it here. And how many people, Kyle, have we spoken to and they said this was either their favorite role of his or the role that really they that he broke out for them? Oh, so many. And it it's it wasn't the first role I saw him in, wasn't the first one I recognized him in, but definitely by the time I saw this, I was like, oh, I know, like, maybe, I probably didn't still know him by name at, like, being 13 years old, but I recognized him, and I'm like, ooh, I liked him in Twister, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm really, and he's just so engaging, he just, I mean, for a guy that's preaching about, like, uncool and being uncool, man, is he cool in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it reminds me of the old definition of cool, right? Yeah. Like, cool being... 
He's he's on the fringes. He he marches to the beat of his own drum. Not yeah. trying to do a music pun, but, but <laughs> <laughs> so many music puns this episode. Probably, yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Almost Famous, very very silly of you. I saw it on Hulu, I think. I own it on DVD. It's oh, I own it on DVD. On, but you know me, I just don't feel like going back to my DVD yeah. collection. It's on Amazon. I watch it on Amazon. Was it free on Amazon? If you have Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I I couldn't find it there. Oh, really? I saw it on Hulu. It used to be on Netflix for a while. This is a movie. This is an easily accessible movie. So if you haven't seen Almost Famous, just shame, shame, shame. But if you haven't seen it, Kyle, tell Ooh. our ignorant audience. Oh boy! And uh, we have notes here, so <laughs> you know if you see me looking down. And I didn't mean to diss you. Sorry, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Famous is the story of William Miller, a very bright 15-year-old that has a deep love for rock and roll, who is given the opportunity to write an article on the mid-level rock group Stillwater. He goes on tour with them, getting an intimate look, making new friendships, and having his eyes open in this rocking coming-of-age story. Perfect. Great. I like that one. Almost got lost in my words. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. And that's what it is. It's a, it is, like you said, we were just at that perfect age of, I think anybody, I mean, well, I feel like if you're at that age then, it probably means a lot to you, and then if you're from that era, it means from that a era. lot to you. But I think if kids watching now would connect to it. Yeah, there's still just, yeah, there really is. And if you don't admit it, I don't know. Well, we... we <laughs> purposely chose this movie to do our Facebook Live episode mm-hmm. because just we love it so much and we've heard so many people say such great things about it so it's just I'm excited to talk about it. Iggy Pop, amen. And that's another thing too. It, it, we use it in our intro. We, we use it yeah. in our opening. We use we've, it in our closing. We've, yeah, we've adop- adopted Stay On Cool for you Hoff fans because that's just... I mean, I, we've known one another since high school. I'm not going to say he was uncool. I know I was uncool. And... Like, I mean, <laughs> this movie just speaks so much to me. It's just... I mean, I pretty much live my life by Lester's words. You know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's comforting in a way. Yeah, I mean, the only... was it? The only true currency in this corrupt world is the moments you share, when, one being uncool with yeah. other people. Uh, that's, that's modern... That's like James Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just us who, who loves this film. It's... 89% for, of critics on Rotten Tomatoes like it. I want 95 at least. That's, that's You know that's really high for yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Not, yeah. If you're not Get Out or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and 92% of audience uh, people like it. Okay. I don't know, again, where that uh, 8% is, but maybe people who got a different translation. People are into like disco or something. I like, actually, <laughs> actually, actually dis- like I like disco. So I know. I was so, gonna say you, you defended disco on this podcast I previously. Have, yeah. in the Boogie Nights. It was a episode. cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> cheap shot. Apology accepted. Yeah. From me, the disco loving <laughs> audience, I guess. Um. So let, I mean, let's just get into the. Uh, I want to get into really, uh, the Lester character. Yeah. Obviously, we're gonna great cast here, great cast, phenomenal cast. But what Some really breakout roles too? We're not doing this live episode. We're not discussing all this if it's not for how good Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this film, and how like just awesome the character of Lester is. Yeah. Um, little fact about him right away: he shot this because his schedule is really busy. This man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, yeah, acts in like you know at least two, three movies a year. He's doing a 
he was doing a documentary at the time. Uh, he was on this for four days. All four days had the flu. Really? And yeah. he only shot this for four days? I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, that's, no, that's... he's in he's in about seven scenes, three of which are really quick, like, phone calls. I mean, he's only in, like, technically, you know, you can always be technical about breaking down scenes, but there's, like, like right in the beginning, you have him in the radio station, him walking with William, and then them having coffee, and then next times he's two, like, phone conversations, and then the major phone conversation of staying uncool. Just when William calls him, you know, because he says, I stay up late. Yeah, oh, so good, so good, so good. Um, and so he plays Lester Bangs, a real movie critic, because, I mean, yeah. if we have a... Movie critic. Ma- yeah, a movie critic, jeez. <laughs> a real uh, music critic. And, yeah, he was right? the editor. Yeah, he's editor of Cream Magazine at the time, but before that he was a writer for Rolling Stone. He got fired for being too harsh, actually. Well, what does he say? Be... Uh, Unmerciful? Yeah, relent- relentless. Relentless and unmerciful. unmerciful, yeah. Oh, God, it's so perfect. Let The real Lester actually died at 33 of a drug overdose. He was only 33? Yeah, he only died at 33. Can you believe when, that? The video things I saw of that man, he was under the age of 33. I think he just, honestly... I'm not trying not trying to talk ill of, of the dead. Of he had some city miles on him. Yeah. <laughs> he saw wow. a lot of things, did a lot of things. Yeah, you know. so, I mean, unfortunately, that is, there is a common share in our... Yeah, unfortunately, there is. They died of a similar, um, like, in terms of just mixing drugs. Yeah. So, I mean... I think there's, like, levels of this character that Phil Schumer often, like, relates to, just his eccentricness is just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they're just both brilliant, creative men, and I think probably anyone anyone that's in, you know, in the arts... I mean, every, everyone has opinions about something, but they're both, I think, in the end of the day, the closest word to attach them both to is passionate. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And like, so, yeah, I mean... It's just that's I th- that's what I think he really drew from it, and there is it's really cool that he's playing a character that there was you know plenty of stuff to you know draw from yeah material vid- and material stuff material videos and articles. So we mentioned Cameron Crowe directed. Yeah, this man has directed some amazing films. Yeah, We Bought a Zoo, Elizabeth Town. I have a soft spot for We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> I mean, I like animals. It's got Thomas Hayden Church. I, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Just true, true. I am a big Thomas Except Hayden Except for Church. Spider-Man 3, Thomas Hayden Church is always in fantastic movies. George of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. Um, classic. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, what the classic, as we mentioned, Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. I guess Say Anything is a big oh, film yeah. of his. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla, of course, Vanilla Sky. And he wrote uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And which is funny because it's somewhat related to the autobiographical nature of this film. Yeah. Wait. No, go continue. No, no. I, I know you had some notes about that, and you were telling me before in terms of. Yeah. So he was a young Rolling Stone reporter, and um, like he toured with uh, the Allman Brothers. The uh, Greg Allman is the one that he said he didn't trust him, and he was you know he was the enemy. Yeah. When you said when you say young, he was like really young. That that whole thing in this film. So in this film, William's character goes yeah. into school, like, what is he, three years younger than the rest of the kids? Something yeah. like that. And that actually happened to Cameron Crowe. So he was able to graduate. He missed his graduation, like William's character does in okay. this film. And he was able to just take the job full-time with Rolling Stone and write when he was, like, 16, 17, I think. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And I mentioned Fast Times at Ridgemont High because he did the whole Rolling Stone thing for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
And then he was able to, he looked so young that he was able to undercover, go back to high school and just go for fun. And he like knew all like the ropes and then it was, he, he wrote pulled back, the, what's the Drew Barrymore movie? Back the, or no, what's, that she goes back to high oh, school uh, as a God, reporter. I, don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, that was like Drew Barrymore's prime right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could hear us on Drew Barrymore podcast. I wish I had a better podcast. More Barrymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like, undercover. Okay. So th- I'm saying, like, that's related here. It- it's it's astonishing. Yeah, I mean, again, so uh, Allman Brothers, Greg Allman didn't trust him. They're in a, uh, he was in a near, almost like a near-fatal plane crash with, uh, with The Who. Crazy. Uh, Russell Hammond is based on uh, Glenn Frey of the Eagles. Oh, he's based Glenn Frey, really? Yeah. I didn't oh, know Fry? that. Is it Frey or Fry? Frey. Oh, okay, sorry. Fry. Fry. Chicago reference. Chicago reference. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> Just keep throwing him out there. Bueller. That's another one. That's the same. It's the same movie, but it's fun. It's <laughs> okay, fun whatever. to say. It's for the kids. Now we're only John Hughes. For films. the kids. <laughs> polka, polka, polka. All right. <laughs> Back on the rails, Kyle. Right. This is the stuff you guys don't hear. Yeah, this is, why this is the stuff that gets edited out. I have to edit it myself out. It's the it's most like <laughs> lonely, it's just a like cathartic process, really, right? It's be yeah, like, wow, Kyle. Cheap, I shouldn't have been like that. Che- Kyle. Cheaper than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean this this cast. We mentioned we mentioned that. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Russell Hammond is played by Billy Crudup, so he's the lead guitarist for the fictional band Stillwater. A couple of words on him. Like, I think very underrated actor. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that... He's not a household name. No, not a household name. Like, the last thing I saw him in was uh, Alien uh, Covenant, which wasn't good. I didn't see that one. Yeah, uh, very... It bummed me out, just like Prometheus wasn't... Didn't, <laughs> didn't You know, Alien is just a, such a masterpiece. But he's someone that I'm like, oh yeah, Billy Crudup's in it. But then the movie doesn't end up being that great. But I mean, his two other like big ones that I think uh, we like both of them is uh, Big Fish, Big Fish, yeah, and The Watchmen. He Watchmen. Pl- he plays Doctor Manhattan, and he's just perfect. At yeah, that. I really liked him in Big Fish too. Yeah, and then he is going to reteam with our main man Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible Three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. One. Yeah. And then after him, so William Miller, uh, William Miller is uh, Patrick. Fujit? Is it how you wanna Fujit, I don't Fujet. know. It, he's hasn't really done too much since yeah, then. He reteamed with Cameron Crowe and we bought a zoo. He's okay, also yeah. in uh, uh, Gone Girl. Gone he's like Girl. one of the cops. Yeah. I mean he, he's the Wikipedia. star here. This is his yeah. first film. Yeah. Which is I mean good for him. And we read on Wikipedia he likes to surf, so <laughs> very true. Catch the big wave, brother. Now the next person you're gonna mention probably I'm assuming Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson as breakout Penny role. Lane, immortal Penny Lane. So many a- young actresses. Arguably were... still her best role. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think. I mean she's done some good romantic comedies. How to lose a guy in ten days. Yeah, I know you're a sucker for romantic comedies. Her in that yellow dress, iconic romantic comedy movement. <laughs> yeah, but daughter of Goldie Hawn, if you don't know who she is, and wow she just well she won a golden globe for best actress oh did she yeah she was nominated for best actress at the oscars yeah wow and then this the only oscar this won was uh best screenplay original screenplay it's a great screenplay so yeah and just from a writing perspective yeah and kate hudson i mean this is a breakout role for her and she's just she's she she definitely she's a scene stealer like not, nothing, not in a negative way no, no not I mean, no, just no, no, like no, no, no. From her delivery and her look, like this is her being the 
perfect. You know, yeah. like we. I don't, again, I don't like to use these words, but she, <laughs> she's awesome as Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. And then we have what a like. This is another actress. I think I've said it before. For like, um, oh, what actresses have I said that like? You know, it takes like you going back to the movie and recognizing what, what's her name from Titanic that Molly, uh, Kate. Oh, oh, uh, what's her name? Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Yes, Kate Bates. Kate. <laughs> you know her a little bit more personally, so yeah, you have exactly. the right to call her Kate yeah. Bates. But yeah, Kathy Bates, and I've said it before for other actresses, but Frances McDormand plays Elaine Miller, William's mother, in this movie, and she's so just good. Such she is a national treasure when it comes to like female actor actors in general, but female actors. Look, she's my mother's nothing like her. Yeah, but she feels like my mom. She feels like your mom. She feels like everyone's this is mom. A you know, strong female character, by the way. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's all. I mean, like a little crazy, like celebrating Christmas in what was it September? September because yeah. of commercialism, and then. But I, she, I love that moment that she tells her because she's a college professor. Yeah, and she so, says like. Uh, Rock and roll stars have kidnapped my son. <laughs> uh, some of the the comedic time in this movie by like n- not traditionally like Billy Crump is a comedic actor, but like he has moments. Even William and and Kate Hudson and I mean and the next character or actor Jason Lee plays Jeff oh Bebe. My God. Jeff Beebe, Beebe? From, originally from the Jeff Beebe band. Yeah, <laughs> he is so good as just this like arrogant. Yeah. He's like full of himself, lead singer of the band. He's just so good. The dynamic, not his real uh, voice singing voice. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The dynamic between Russell and Jeff Beebe. It's just like that perfect like feuding. I'll even call it feuding brothers versus feuding friends. Well, they even say it. It's like uh, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant. Yeah. You know, we see this so many times in bands, and it just. Well, yeah, and a really cool thing about uh, the four, because I don't have the other two guys uh, written down, because they don't really have much of acting careers, but one guy was actually, the bassist was a musician from a, uh, from a real, like, a small, oh, smaller band. that's cool. We'll have to check that out. But the, so the four, the four actors of the band um, practiced four hours a night, five nights for six weeks. Wow. That's awesome. But it's also like Peter Frampton was a big part of this. Yeah, Peter Frampton did like the soundtrack, and mm-hmm. he did a lot of the Fever Dog song. I mean, and a ha- lot of the uh, Stillwater songs, like yeah. Fever Dog. Yeah, and he has a cameo. It's pretty. It's kind of like a haha. It just it that song stays in my head, yeah. which is the lead their lead song in the film. But uh, yeah, scratching Pe- out my back Fever Dog. Uh, but Peter Frampton plays the road manager for Humble Pie, which Peter Frampton was part of Humble Pie, so that's kind of cool. Makes sense. That's funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. I'm, and so Peter Frampton also he uh, gave Billy Crudup some uh, guitar lessons. Oh, so cool, that's cool, cool. Kind of awesome, yeah. personal. You get the. That's like the like. Not that acting is easy by any means or just like you know isn't hard you know work you got to put so much into it clearly just from them but it is kind of cool that as actors they have like one talent this of acting and they're working on that but at the same time in like certain movies you get to then go ahead and practice like you know they are being compensated so they're getting paid to play and form a band (laughs) and he gets personal lessons from peter frampton god come on Peter fucking Frampton. Another Chicago oh, that movie. Is, yeah. High Fidelity. Is that Peter fucking Frampton? Frampton. High Fidelity, I, one of my favorites. One of my favorites I wish as Wilson well. Hoffman was in it. We Jack walked Black by is. the neighborhood today. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Another, another, another. Okay. <laughs> Two, and this, one is going to be obvious. 
two people were up for the role of um, of Lester Bangs. That would be an edit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so who so who beat who did Phyllis Summerhoffen beat out? Yeah, two guys. Jack Black. Yes, that is one. Wow, so that's really? Yeah. Is it? It's so amazing how we're finding this like parallel. It's Jack so Black, Phil Schumer, yeah. and they like it's different directions that they end up going into. I Ned Phil Hoffman. Phil Hoffman is the bane of Jack Black's existence, <laughs> <laughs> of his acting existence. Okay, so who, who's the other guy? No guesses. I don't. It's someone we loved and we referenced earlier today. I. I have no idea. Just tell me. John Favreau. John Favreau. That would have been oh, a cool choice. That's interesting. Yeah. We love John Favreau I mean, as a director look, and actor. Would either of them have been anything no. close to what Phil Schumer Hoffman does here? This is just again. This is a role that over time, at the time, and over time, people just come to love and always quote him for it, and is just you know, it's a it's a masterful role. And Absolutely. Um, who else is in this? Uh, Zoe Deschanel. That's a really early role yeah, for her. That's pretty cool. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Zoe Deschanel got cast in this film and, and she kept her entire wardrobe for the rest of her life. <laughs> right? Because, like, it, it's a period piece. It takes place in the 70s. Yeah. And she's in, like, this, like, great 70s gear. Like, this great, even when she's a flight attendant yeah, later. And I feel like, like she uh, still wears that. Sarah Jessica Parker, that was part of her deal for Sex and the City, I remember. <laughs> oh, but she had to keep being, the clothes. It's a very lucrative part of her uh, of her deal. So, yeah, she every outfit she ever wore in Sex and the City. Why, <laughs> why, why I know this, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, like, it's, it's, it's but great. But it's fun for you. I mean, and she's... I like her as this sister character. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think about... Oh, you know what's weird about this film? And I definitely know you caught this, Kyle. How about all these weird little, like, cameos? Not, not, not even cameos, because they're just little roles of people who... Ended have, up having fruitful careers. Yes. Let's start naming them. Rain Wilson. Oh, Rain Wilson, yeah, he, from, he's... Yeah, Dwight from The Office. He's, like, a background guy at he's, Rolling yeah, Stone. Yeah, works at Rolling Stone. He may have, like, He has one of those things called, the, like, the metal thing that the cigarettes at the end I have of. no idea what Corral they're called. Yeah, I was just going to say the Corral 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 um, yeah, he's there with he's Ben Fong Torres. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Schwartzen. Nick Schwartzen is like a David Bowie fan. Yeah. You like Bowie? Um, J- what's his name? Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. He's like a kid. He's like a. He's so innocent. Yeah. Like, you think like I this, again? So um, I don't know how old uh, Patrick Fugett was at that at um, it, you know the age he was when acting in this movie, but. He, you know, is young in this, but watching this now, I'm like, wow, what a baby face. Like, I'm so <laughs> old watching and being like, oh, I thought he looked older than, I mean, he was older than me at the time, but then you see, like, Jay Baruchel, who's still, like, in a lot of stuff, and you're like, wow, these guys, like, were just children, and, I mean, oh, and, I mean, she has a much more, uh, a, well, it's not a big performance, but Anna Paquin. Oh, Anna Paquin, yeah, 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 no, she, I mean, that's an Oscar winner right there, I think even, think even before this, I forgot what she won for, but she won when she was really young. Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale? Right. I don't know. I'm going to look that up while, while we continue. Isn't Noah Baumbach film, right? I don't know. Yeah. I just know but, she has an Oscar. And then uh, Jimmy Fallon is in this. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. How weird is he that? He must have been like his first year in SNL, and he just plays this awesome character of Dennis Hope. He becomes the new no, she won, manager. She won Best Actress in the Piano in 1994. Best Actress Supporting. Sorry. Best Supporting Actress. Uh, okay. Nothing else? No. She, she never won Best Actress, just Best Supporting? Okay. Just Best Supporting. No. 
No, no. She won a Satellite Award for True Blood, if you're counting that. Oh, Satellite Awards. I love Satellite Awards. <laughs> Classic. I love Anna that. Anna Or how about, what's her name? The, the girl, I, I, again. I have no idea. From the water, water boy, boy and the craft. Yeah. She has a weird name, like Faruka F- or something. Faruza Balk. I like her. I should learn oh, her name. Oh, she's awesome in this Yeah, movie. I should learn her name. Yeah, Faruza. Who else did we miss here? I guess that's like all these little... Oh, did you mention the, you mentioned the guy from Modern Family? Oh, nope. And Cam from Modern Family. Yeah, yeah, Cam. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. But oh, he's a, he even has like a funny line that he's just like he just plays a receptionist at a hotel, yeah, right? in like New Mexico or something or Arizona, and he's like, uh, "Phone call for William," and he's like, "Your mom freaked me out." Eric Stone Street, that's his name. Eric, Sorry, I want to get that right. Boom, Eric Stone Street. Sorry, it's, it's remember crazy. from now on. This has nothing really to do like most of this. Most of the people are not pivotal characters, but it was just fun yeah. seeing them. I always say like that's a good casting director. Yeah. And now I'm done with my um, trivia. <laughs> I'm going to open this back up cause to just remember actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, I'm not sure that was the best idea, Kyle, but nope. okay. <laughs> just trying to be very candid with you people. I don't want to lie. So let's build to our first Hoffman scene, because it's, it's pretty uh, soon in the film. Like, it's pretty Yeah, it's I wrote it. Tw- 12 minutes, 37 seconds. So we... <laughs> <laughs> not, to be, not, to, not to be, not to be, yeah. <laughs> so... Basically, this film starts out, and, we're, and we're, we see a young William. Yeah. I just even love the simplicity of it starting out, and there's like a needle drop, and then there's just, it's just like the two important things. There's the music, and then the writing, which he pulled a, uh, James Cameron is famous for drawing the picture of Rose in Titanic, and that's his hand drawing. This is Cameron Crowe writing. The, two Camerons here, kind of. Did, <laughs> did James Cameron draw that himself? That's his hand, and he's drawing it, yeah. Okay, I get it's his hand. Yeah. But he literally drew it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Kind of creepy. He's <laughs> no, a very talented drawer. Yeah, I mean, props for that. <laughs> but, yeah, so besides, like, this, like, you know, the title sequence, we right away we meet Anita, Elaine, and William. So that's, you know, the mom, brother, sister, and... You know, Elaine is a strict mom, Anita is a free spirit, and William is just like, he learns, as we said, learns that he's 11 versus, he thinks he's 13? 13, I think, I don't know. And he has, he has a great freak out. Yeah, that's a good, that kid's good. Yeah, he's been in future kid. things. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then, you know, just really great storytelling, like, we just see him in the bathroom, and he's just standing next to kids with, like, mustaches, yeah. and like, and the pivotal know. moment is when Zoe Deschanel's character, Anita, yeah. um, she leaves home with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. she eventually becomes a flight attendant, and she leaves William her vinyls. Yeah. Her vinyl records. And vinyls are back, by the way, baby. Like I've, That they we, are. Both... Another high fidelity yeah. thing. But... <laughs> she leaves him a, like, a little note, and she's like, and there's on, on the album Tommy by The Who, and it says, like, light a candle, and it'll, yeah. you know, like, expand. And at that moment, I'm just and like... She also goes, like, remember when she leaves, she goes, one day will be cool. Yeah, and oh, that's so great because the cool is just like a big part of this. Just yeah. Like selling out or, you know, being cool, being uncool. And I just, but right when like he puts on Tommy and like The Who, and I, I mean, I really like The Who. They're not my favorite band by any means. But I was just like, like, fucking hey, Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh. I mean, this is this is what like. I was going to say, don't you wish you had a sister, but you have a sister. I, was gonna, I meant to say like, don't you wish you had that moment in your life though? Like where yeah, I mean, gifted you. I mean, well, I'm very lucky that, like, both my parents, particularly my dad, has, like, excellent taste in music, and then, between him and actually, you were the one that got me into my favorite band of all time, Queen. 
knew, knew, knew the stuff, but... You're welcome. Yeah. And that was only last week. <laughs> you know, that was a long time ago. A long time ago, <laughs> before the Empire. And, uh... <laughs> but I was just like, this is, like, this is exactly, like, what music is. Meaning, like, you can just put on an album, and no matter what mood you're in and what mood then you want to be in, like, that's how powerful it is. And I, I mean, I thought about something similar, too. You're more of a music guy than me. Like, okay. you, I'm just married to film. I don't cheat on film. <laughs> no, music yeah. is not my mistress. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a committed guy. But, and, and occasionally I, like, <laughs> won't listen to music for a while. Okay. But every time I go back to music, I'm like, what was I doing? You know, like, <laughs> it just, it, it's, it's, music has a way of, like, cleansing you, yeah. you know? And, and, well, again, it just, like, whether you're, I mean, I don't know anyone that wants to go from happy to sad, but, like, if, you, if you're sad and you want to stay that way and you just want to be, like, just feel that, like, embrace of knowing other people are sad, too, you've got that. Or if you are sad and you want to be happy, or you're just happy and you want to keep being happy. Yeah, or... it's not that you want to go from happy to sad. It's that you want people to understand your sadness. Yeah. And it's these, like, musicians, like... They and connect it, with And you. it really is that uh, the actress, she plays the character Sapphire, but the Feruza or however you pronounce her name. Sapphire. She, she said, like, her last time we see her, um, she talks to Billy Crudup's character, Russell, and she just says, like, man, like, you know, she's talking about the new, well, the, the, she refers to them as, like, groupies or whatever, but, you know, the, famously, I think the term came, in, you know, into most people's households of ba- Band-Aid. Yeah. And, you know, that's what, like, these women that tour with the band, they're about the music, it's not, you know... About supposedly. sex and drugs. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, we, you touched on a point, I think we both touched on this point, kind of. Um, is it, It's Kate Hudson's character, right? Penny, who mentions... Yeah, Penny Lane, Beatles reference. She is a more intimate um, thing that we kind of just said with music. Whereas she... What does she say something about, like, if ever I'm lonely, I go to the record store and... Oh, yeah. yeah. And I could just hear my friends... She literally knows them, so it's like a little bit different. But I think we all can connect in that kind of level. Mm-hmm. We hear a record we like, and it feels like they know us. Yeah, it's just, I mean, music has that power that also, if you listen to it at a, you know, a certain point in your life, it'll take you back to that time. It's just really, I mean, I, I, I love music, and this, and this movie, again, has some of my favorite, like that era. It's just, it's just so good. For sure. So not, yeah. William, right? He's a bright guy. He he gets really into music, and I guess it seems like Lester mm-hmm. is like one of his heroes or something because he comes to San Diego, his town, which is also his hometown, and that's our first time we see uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. So you know what? I mean, hopefully you guys. We did a little test the other day, and you could, we could hear it pretty well. So hopefully you can hear it. We're going to be watching the scene right now. And again, when we uh, release the episode, I'm going to put in a much clearer version of the audio, but we're going to watch the first uh, scene of him right now. We're going to hear the opening of our uh, show. Can't wait, can't wait. Music. Yeah, true music. Uh, Not just rock and roll. It chooses you. You know, it lives in your car or or alone, listening to your headphones uh, with the vast scenic bridges and angelic choirs in your brain. You know, it's a place apart from the vast, benign lap of America. Did you know that the letter by the box tops was a minute and 58 seconds long? It means nothing. Nil. But it takes them less than two minutes to accomplish what Jethro Tull takes 
hours to not accomplish. You see, this, this is fatuous, pseudo blubber. You know, I mean, which is fine, but voiced it off as art, you know? Or The Doors, or Jim Morrison? He's a drunken buffoon, posing as a poet. I like The Doors. Ah, give me the guess who. Come on, they got the courage to be drunken buffoons, which makes them poetic. It's quite an honor to have the world's greatest rock critic yes. and editor of Cream Magazine no. back home in San Diego for a few days, Lester Bangs. Live American woman. Have you ever the most brilliant piece of gobbledygook ever? Uh, give me some white light, white heat. Iggy Pop! Amen! <laughs> Oh, I just put this on. This isn't on your playlist either. I just think it's a little bit early for that. Not for me. Okay, well, that was Lester Bangs. This is Alice Wisdom, and here's Nicky Pop. People, like that, like, what an introduction to a character. I don't even know, like, what to say about it. Like, I'm just happy. <laughs> like, I'm happy that I live in a world where that exists. Yeah, I mean... I love the girls, Jim Morrison, a drunken buffoon. I'm very curious as to, you know, so number one, plenty of stuff on the real Lester Banks. Number two, Cameron Crowe already had, like, an intimate relationship with music and journalism of that time. I'm very curious, and I and this isn't, I'm not leading to, like, I read it somewhere or anything, just how much, like, is almost, like, based off of direct quotes or just, like, having a feeling like that guy would have said that. Like, I'm, I'm just, like... Just since he's playing a true guy, I feel like there's got to be a little something. Well, I've that read he... some of his writing, and it's mm. so similar to uh, what they're saying. Yeah, I'm just very curious if he like, if like the Jim Morrison. I'm not saying it's verbatim, but if at one point he just like wrote down like Jim Morrison's a drunken buffoon or something. I wouldn't. Or like obviously <laughs> like maybe he had like a like. Did you ever see a picture of him in a Guess Who shirt? Or just you know like if you wrote like things about them. I'm just very you know. It seems like pretty accurate. Yeah. Not, I can't say 100 percent authenticity that. Whatever everything he says is yeah. what that guy said, Lester. But but Phyllis Hoffman, I mean, he oh sells it. Like if you watch, we'll post we'll post some like videos. This guy's a the think, about, think about what this guy's saying too. He's like a hipster god. Yeah, you know, like the whole thing. Like like you said, Jim Morrison. He thinks he's a poet, but the guess who? The, the, the courage to be drunken buffoons, <laughs> and that makes them poetic. Oh, I mean, just the, and then we get like. There's that voice of his, that classic Phil Schumer-Hoffman voice, and then the again I imitated the hand gestures. Like he's just very, he's all over the place, but like all right there at the same time. If that makes sense. Oh my god. I mean, he just it's just I love him perusing the albums, just like the the woman DJ like trying to keep him like a little like holding onto the chain and she's like you can't do that. Because like, he's just he's just he's in the studio and he's just he, acting wise he's using so much of his body into this character like just how he picks up the record and just like And I'll say this, Philip Seymour Hoffman pulls the stash off. Yeah. I I, I think I, he had a stash in um well, Money for Nothing with John Cusack. I think so, yeah. But pulls the stash off. Looks good. He could be a stash man, you know. He could be a stash man. <laughs> so then, um, you know, William kind of meets with him. Yeah, I'm. Right, and like this is what sets William off on his quest, if you will. Right. Yeah, I mean, first there's just, you know, them talking on the street, 
And he, I love he's just like, I can't be standing uh, here all day uh, talking to my fans. Yeah, and then like he... Yeah, so that's just like a brief talking scene. to him. But then he cuts to this uh, this their diner or whatever, he's having a cup of coffee. I mean, might as well play this one too. Oh, okay, right? yeah. cool, cool. I wish we could play all of them, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because once you go to L.A., you're going to have friends like crazy, but they're going to be fake friends. You know, they're going to try to corrupt you. You know, and you got an honest face, and they're going to tell you everything. But you cannot make friends with the rock stars. Okay, if you're going to be a true journalist, you know, a rock journalist, the first you never get paid much. But you will get free records from the record company. <laughs> Fucking nothing about you that is controversial, man. God, it's gonna get ugly, man. They're gonna buy you drinks. You're gonna meet girls. They're gonna try to fly you places for free, offer you drugs, and I know it sounds great. But these people are not your friends. You know, these are people who want you to write sanctimonious stories about the genius of rock stars, and they will ruin rock and roll and strangle everything we love about it. You know, because they're trying to buy respectability for a form that is gloriously and righteously dumb. You know, and you're smart enough to know that. And the day it ceases to be dumb is the day it ceases to be real. Right? And then right. it just becomes an industry of cool. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you're coming along at a very dangerous time for rock and roll. I mean, the war is over. They won. 99% of what passes for rock and roll these days, silence is more compelling. And that's why I think you should just turn around, go back, you know, and be a lawyer or something. I can tell from your face that you won't. I can give you 35 bucks. Give me a thousand words on Black Sabbath. An assignment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. You have to make your reputation on being honest and uh, you know, unmerciful. Honest, unmerciful. Yeah, if you get into a jam, you can call me. I stay up late. Honest and unmerciful. Like, and doesn't that become the whole, like, credo? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, well, that's what, I mean, he, William definitely is someone who has, like, his, he's truthful and his integrity. Like, you know, like, even the people, uh, that talk to his mom on the phone have nothing but nice things to say about him. His flaws as a person, and maybe even as a character, I think come down to his youth. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I'm someone that I like like fall in love almost like way too fast, uh, and he, that's definitely like a problem. But that comes with youth. I haven't learned from it yet, and uh, <laughs> but, like that's definitely that plays into a big part, like his. Uh, you know, how much he's into Penny Lane, how much he ends up loving her. Yeah, and, like, the stuff he's, at, like, loving her, you know, yeah. love. And it's like, come on, you know. But sex disguises love, love disguises sex. You know. <laughs> oh. But, I mean, just the fact... Quote later in the film, I'm not just... Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Philip Schumer Hoffman. I love the character of Lester, an industry of cool. Like, I can't pinpoint it. I'm not into really much music that... Is... Much music, like the old... Uh, 
channel, like the old Canadian music channel, Much Music. I don't even know. See, that's <laughs> how much I'm not into it from like that time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just there's not much music I'm into, and it definitely you can't deny that it's the today's music is much more about like an image as well. I mean, it started coming. My favorite band of all time is Queen. They're glam rock. They're you know sh- the showmanship of them is impeccable. But that was just still like very incorporated into the music. But it, it did start in the 80s. You got the hair metal, and then boy bands came back in the 90s. And it is kind of getting back. Like the rock music is getting back to I think some basic roots. But I just That's I just not lo- what Lester says to no. Well, he said <laughs> yeah, rock and roll's dead. And uh, I mean, just I, uh, in his face when he's like, "Call me," you know, I stay up late. It's perfect. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, now we're off on this journey, right? Because he, he gives them the assignment. Yeah, he gives a thousand words on Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. But he can't get in. So, so he goes to the local uh, arena, and mm. he can't get in, and <laughs> what happens? He meets... He ends up meeting uh, Penny Lane. Penny which, Lane. Who tries to get him in, but she she can't even get him in with her all her strings with the security guards and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but then the infamous bus, what was the bus's name? I wrote it down at some point. Oh, God. Oh, I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. <laughs> but, yeah, they arrive in the in their tour bus, Stillwater's tour bus, and they show up. And right away, they're, like, cold to him, but he compliments them. Does everything pretty much that Lester says don't do. Like, that's the funny thing. Lester totally, in that scene that we just played, says everything that's going to happen in this movie. He, like, describes exactly what, like, he's going to yeah, go pretty, he, without with, with the exception of, like, falling in love with, like, a He's like a Greek chorus that actually talks... Uh, <laughs> I love that, a Greek chorus. <laughs> that actually talks to them, you know? Yeah, and I love the whole, that's where we learn about groupies and band-aids, and again, they're just being, the band still wars just being, like, totally abrasive to him, and then he... Uh, says that he wants to interview him and gives him, throws him the compliments, and they're like, oh, well, why don't you come in? I just love this whole world. And at the end of that concert, he's saying goodbye to, like, everybody and knows everyone by their names already. Like, even, like, that character, Red Dog. Yeah. Oh, brother! Doris is the name Doris of the bus. Doris is the name of the bus. Doris is the heart and soul of this band. Yeah. And, it, and the title of the movie comes from the bus, I guess, or the title of the movie. The thing is, the you know what's weird about this? Sometimes it says that on the top. Almost Famous Tour, and yeah. sometimes it just says Stillwater Tour. Yeah. I was like looking for that to see, and I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. It's almost like they... But it's classic at the end of the movie, No More Planes Tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you're more of the Jeff Beebe here? Or are you more of the... Uh, what's his name? Of, uh, oh, what, Russell? Russell. Um... I think I'm more like the the basis is just like yeah man. But there's only two like, of us. One of us I'm has hungry. to be Jeff Beebe. Oh okay, that's what. And we're one doing. of us has to be Russell Hammond. And I want to know. I want to know your personal thoughts on this. I think you think I'm Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wanted you to say that, but no, you're more Russell because you do more of the production angle. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like the lazy front man. <laughs> <laughs> you get them off. <laughs> <laughs> I find that one guy that's not getting him off. <laughs> this is gonna get this <laughs> So, so what's great about this movie? You know, they go. He becomes like part of this family, right? Mm-hmm. And they start to go on this tour because 
Rolling Stone calls them. Yeah, so they read a couple of his articles, not the one they did for Cream uh, Magazine, but they said like a couple things he writes for San Diego papers and magazines, and they loved his stuff. And they also think that he's like older. Yeah, the, like I like the mom picks up the phone. Yeah, he's like, I know. Yeah, I know how I get when I don't get do something for my lady or something like that. But it's I think it's also important to like note that. This is a strong, like, you know, they build this, like, core family unit. And, you know, of course, we're talking about him the most because it's the podcast of Philip Seymour Hoffman. But it's awesome that, he, like, his scenes were, well, with the female DJ for a second, and then William, and then a conversation with William, but it's just him in a room. And that's. Oh, God. It's just, it's so good how he can just, like, yeah. act alone in those scenes. We've seen him on the phone how many times? Like, in, in films? Yeah. Like, at least five times now. Or I know it seems like such minutia. I love that you called it a Greek chorus. That actually really, like, I like that a lot. It's a, he is, like, the Greek chorus in a way. Not traditionally, because, like... No, I know. We hear but, him, but yes. Like, he's... But he's been, like, this similarly in films. Not as powerful, but I think Next Stop Wonderland, he wasn't so much... The advice guy? No, but he was also, he really pushed... Yeah, he pushed the, the plot forward. The plot forward. Yes, yes. And This is not him necessarily. I guess technically he is the initial incident because he gives William the opportunity to go write the Black Sabbath article and then he meets Stillwater. Mm-hmm. So he has like that kind of element to him. But after that, he's just... He almost becomes like a paternal figure. It's, well, that's the whole thing. William, so there's... You know, his sister is left. She hasn't lived at home for I think at least like three or four years at that point. And then he's still with his mom. He's 15 years old, but he's going to be graduating high school. And so his father died of a heart attack. And then, uh, as again, his sister is left. So it's I, I feel like Philip Seymour Hoffman almost, you could say older brother, but I want to give that more to Russell, like this old, adoptive older brother. Yeah, And because he looks up to Russell. Yeah, but then, yeah, looks up to Russell, uh, yeah, in that brother way. But then, as far as, like, a job and just, like, this guy is, like, le- what he wants to do is, like, you know, his dream work, like, Lester Bangs, and you know, that being Phillips from Hoffman. So that's just a really, I think that's just, like, a fun kind of, you know, like, it, because it, then the rest of the film is about, like, a makeshift family, like, what the life on the road is. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned, like, for example, a tiny dancer scene. I get a little uncomfortable when people sing in harmony. Uh-huh on buses, but I know a lot of people like that, so... I always, after <laughs> seeing this movie, every time I was, like, on a bus, I remember in high school, I was trying to get people to start singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's just... <laughs> I don't know, that makes me happier than, like, a big old sing-along, and that's... That's where me and you differ. <laughs> Again, like, I don't know, maybe it's the evil in me, when when people are singing... And you're, not, that, you're a nihilist. <laughs> possibly. And you know how when... There's like that warm environment in the air, like yeah. everyone's just getting along and it's happy. You just want to ruin it. I don't necessarily want to ruin it, but I want to leave it. I love. I embrace it. I know you embrace, I embrace it, and that's, it. That, that's where we're different. Yeah. I'm the evil. You are the angel. That's <laughs> <laughs> getting weird. <laughs> A little bit, but, but um, I mean, so this whole road process is great because it's it's about comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Their family. Not really, though. He's like the outsider, William, and he's trying to get his story. He's and the big thing. He's trying to get a story, but the most, the biggest thing is he does interview. We don't see him interview the bassist and the drummer, but 
you know, he's always talking. Well, and uh, Jeff loves to talk. Yeah. And Jason, again, Jason Lee is just playing it to a T. Oh, God. He's just nails this role. I'm surprised that, like, some other people weren't nominated for, like, other, uh, you know, like, they're acting in this film. But it is just, it's, you know, fantastic. Is this the greatest? Between Jason... this and the Chipmunks movies. I was going to say Chipmunks. Know, that's his biggest franchise. That's a huge franchise. First song in this movie is a, the Chipmunks Christmas Oh, yeah, song. wow. Yeah. Continuity there. <laughs> but, yeah, so he's constantly talking to Jeff, and he's but he's trying to get, um, you know, uh, Russell... And Russell just keeps delaying whether he's with Penny, <laughs> and or he just doesn't want to give. But it William's at that point. picking up these little things throughout the movies. Yeah, throughout the movie, these little uh, like one one line I love is Russell's in the room, and so just to be clear, he meets Penny, falls in love with Penny, but Penny. He thinks I love how he thinks he's introducing Penny to yeah. Russell, but like obviously they have history, and Penny ends up. Contrary to what she said about the groupie thing, yeah. you know, she ends up like sleeping with Russell and a lot. As Jay Baruchel says, the the, the great pe- Penny Lane. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that one scene where I guess she's in the bedroom with him in one of the hotels, and William knocks on the door. He's like, "Go away, hey. Russell. I'm in too truthful a mood." <laughs> you know, and it's it's these guys. They, they know they're going to be on R- Rolling Stone. They don't know they're going to be on the cover yet. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to sell a certain uh, image mm-hmm. that's not really them. And the more interesting story is exactly what Lester says, the honest, open, unmerciful story of what it is like to be a mid-level band. Well, yeah, Russell says towards the end, because they end up denying everything yeah. when William finish, uh, you know, finishes writing the article and hands it over to the continuity. This that was kind of from the get-go. I guess, I mean, they're all they were very surprised how young he is. So I guess rightfully so. As a, yeah, you know, I, I wrote that down like, wow, this lady's mean. And then I'm like, eh, you know. You know what? <laughs> you know, it just probably works really hard and like women in the workforce not giving a fair <laughs> opportunity at that point or something. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, he hands it in and they say that none of it's true. And he's like, did you talk to Russell? And he's like, yeah, that's who exactly who I was talking to, Russell. And then they're, ta- you know, like him and Jeff are having a conversation, Rush- Russell and Jeff, and they, like Russell just says to him, which is very important, he's like, well, maybe we are exactly the way he, you know, he, he wrote us. Maybe we are that, those people, you know, because Jeff is like, I sound like a douche. So... <laughs> It's great, you know. It's it's so humanizing. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite moments? I guess on these like road things when he's so. I mean, I guess the gag here, right, is a couple things. His mom keeps calling him because she yeah. wants him to come home. She wants him to come, like not miss a test. Yeah, and then it becomes like not miss graduation, graduation, <laughs> which he does, which he does, and then it becomes like the whole. I mean, on the same token, it's the whole extending, extending. He's only supposed to be there a week, and then yeah. two weeks, and then he ends up being it's like a summer or something, at least a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's gone on tour with them for like a month. But I mean, they're paying, Rolling Stone's paying for it, so. <laughs> so it's basically life on the road. What are some of your favorite uh, moments on the road here? Mm, well, I love when Russell, like, and so awkward when they get into, over the t-shirts, they get into a fight. Oh, God, the t-shirt, right? Yeah. And it's just, like, Russell. Russell is clear and everyone, and else, everyone is else is in the background. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff is so pissed, Jason yeah. Lee's character. Oh, I'm one of the out-of-focus guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that whole moment of Russell and William going, and they're w- walking around, and the one kid pulls up, he's like, you know, you just want to 
you know, party with some chill, like, locals or whatever. And <laughs> that's a very, that's another, like, obviously, like, a famous line, but fam- famous scene from the movie. Like, I'm a golden god. But I just love, it's not even, like, it doesn't get to that part is my favorite. I love Billy Crudup, and it really is, it's a testament to his acting when he's just walking in there and that sincerity before he's on acid. Like, his whole sincerity of, like, I had this lamp. I'm on drugs. <laughs> you know? Um, which supposedly Robert Plant said, the, I'm the golden god. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, part of that that I like, though, is you see also his phoniness there. Like you said, he, he's vulnerable, but he's like... Oh, he's very like manipulative yes. to William. Yes, and especially... He there, knows like, exactly. Let me, let me go with the real people. You know, it, yeah. It's kind of like an act. And then what does he end up looking like? He looks, he looks like an asshole in the end. Not an asshole in a jerk way, but he's, like, he's on top of the roof. He, also, he says, I'm a golden god, but what's the other thing? He says, like... I dig music. Yeah. He's not profound. You don't want those to be your last words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it's so good. And then I love, it's kind. I think it's like right after this scene, and uh, when William's talking to Penny Lane, he's like, I have to go home, and she's like, you are home. (laughs) It's just like a great, uh, Kate, yeah. Everyone's just so good, because we're saying from, you know, Jason Lee and Billy Crudup and Kate Hudson, uh, like, you know, obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman. Every, it's just everyone just they're given a job and they did it to like the be- like I don't know to like the best possible capacity. Absolutely. So another scene I like uh, when they're on tour. I don't know if I like this, but I had an interesting fact about it. When he gets like diverginized. Yeah. So William's a virgin, and all the other groupies not Penny Lane. No. Um. She was peeing in front of him. <laughs> I guess they, just, you know, they just sleep with him and whatever, and like, you know, he he's kind of awkward. That actually happened to Cameron Crowe. Oh, oh, wow! The virginization by wow. Band Aids. That's and to me, not that, gonna like, lie, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that that's great writing because that's like that. Not, that might not be something you want to share, you know. Honest and unmerciful. Yeah, which is which is <laughs> super cool, you know. Um, this is where, I'm going to chalk this up to his youth, this is where the one part where I'm like a little, eh, on the film, it, and we said it a little before, it's just his, like, obsession with Penny. Well, it does get to that point when Penny overdoses on the Quaaludes. Yeah, he's about to, yeah, so. He's like, and it's really, it's like during, uh, I think, a cover of, uh, I forget what song it is, Sunday by, uh, Who's the, who's the lead singer of Velvet Underground? Why am I blanking right now? Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's during the graduation, and there's, like, a band singing it there, but he's just, like, going around with Penny while she, her feet are, like, dangling on the floor, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go in for me, like, kisses her. I mean, by by all means, at this point, he did call security in the hotel and said, like, my wife overdosed. So <laughs> her, her name is Emily. That's a big thing. He's always constantly, and that's a huge payoff in the movie uh, for William as a character, uh, but he never knew. She never tells anyone her real name, Penny Lane. That is no. But again, like you said, big payoff there mm-hmm. on that. But this element there is a little creepy. Again, I want to chalk it up to youth because I, you know, maybe I felt like this one day when I was that age. You know, um, just because like she's his friend doesn't mean they have to like date. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and, that's just like but you know, a young like yeah like youth. Yeah. I'm chalking it up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it, uh, it was a little uncomfortable. You mentioned that. One of the key scenes on this tour is they're in New York and they're trying to get rid of Penny Lane, um, the band, because, what's his name, Russell's girlfriend is coming into town. Yeah. So Russell has a girlfriend the whole time. They're pretty serious. 
but yeah, yeah. I mean, and then th- that's the whole thing. Like, and then he ends up being Williams too honest with her. That's his biggest. Like he, like, yeah. And he tells her that she was, uh, what bargained off for like a case of Heineken. Yeah, she was traded off for a case of Heineken. Yeah. And so yeah, that and to go with yeah to another band or whatever, and that you know. She shows up though in New York, and obviously she doesn't get the response. Russell kind of ignores her, mm-hmm. and she ends up ODing on Quaaludes in the, like the Waldorf or something, right? It's like a yeah. beautiful hotel room. Yeah, she's like a bunch of like food. And all, it's that's a powerful scene. It really is. I'm not like knocking the scene. Just again, a little bit weird that he, like he kisses her while yeah. she's like passing. And out. he gives the good news right before, and then they're going to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Yeah. Which I'll start singing. That's it's. I don't know. There's there's. It's again like we talked about. Um, not with, I think, this amount of passion, which again shows that film is my wife and music is my mistress. Yeah. But with State and Maine, you know, like the behind the scenes kind of vibe, like the industry. Yeah. And just, it's just so cool seeing like people bond. And you just, I think everyone wants that. People, everyone wants, I think the biggest thing that everyone searches for in life, not to, trying to get too deep or anything, <laughs> but like, is acceptance. Deep words from Kyle. But like, no, but it's like acceptance. That was just, you know, one of the biggest things like in my life, you know, that's like finally getting to high school and, you know, where we grew up, it was four different towns and look at all of my closest friends are still from high school from another town that I didn't go like, you know, from a young age with because I finally met people that like I had things in common with. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot, of, especially when you're younger, I think it might change when you're older. Yeah. Also, the one other thing that doesn't help the creepiness of that scene, the juxtaposition with Stevie Wonder, one of my favorite, uh, My Sherry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So weird. But, yeah, she just kind of says she's going to go home after that. And after that, we get the very the famous uh, plane scene where there's really bad turbulence, and Russell tells everyone that he... Lo- oh, I love that turbulence starts happening. He starts going, Peggy Sue, Yeah, Peggy that, Sue. what a great, the, like, b- Buddy Holly song. <laughs> and then he even goes, like, Hello, baby, like, for the big bopper. And then it's... That's a scary plane scene. Oh, yeah. I uh, remember watching that as a kid and being, like... It, like, reminded me of Twister all over again of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the door thing? Yeah, the door. Well, thing. I was going to say, that's the scariest part, right? When the door opens. Mm-hmm. Like, and you see the pilots panicking. Oh, yeah. He's like, thank God, we're going to make it after yeah. all. But, um... Yeah, ju- It's ju- like confession time. Yeah, Russell tells everyone he loves them, but then, uh... D- what, like, oh, Dennis, the new manager, the... Which is Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. He oh, says, God, we did a story, this hit, and, hit and run, and he, like, didn't look back, and he... But always sees the guy's face. It's, like, really creepy. <laughs> and then, uh, Jeff says he slept with Leslie, that, Leslie that's, uh, Russell's girlfriend. They were broken up at the time, or whatever, and then everyone, like, goes silent, and then the drummer... And then, I mean, they then they start having that riff of saying, like, no, you're, like, everyone doesn't like you, uh, Russell, and blah, 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 blah. And then the drummer just yells out, like, I'm gay! Yeah, which he delivers well. A little cheap of a line, you know, like, for that to be the punchline of something. Oh, gay funny, haha. But it's more, I see what you're saying, like, when you watch it now, but at least, but for that time, like, that's just, like... It's still, you know, like, as far as coming out. Like, think about how many famous from My Favorite of Queen. Like, it's not like Freddie, like, came out. True, true. And then Elton You're right John. about that. So You're right about that. I think, you know, he's just, like, on, you know, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> pun intended. And is that a pun, or is it just a reference? Fun reference. Knocking. That's a reference. That's not a pun. Okay. Well. But, um, and then the whole Rolling Stone stuff happens. They're saying it's a, you know, a puff piece and nothing's real. And he calls in to Philip Seymour Hoffman for some, you know, like, for some solace. So we'll p- play the last and very, very infamous and just 
honest and unmerciful of this scene. <laughs> See, friendship is the booze they feed you. Is they want you to get drunk and feeling like you belong. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. And hey, I met you. You are not cool. I know. Even when I thought I was, I knew I wasn't. Right, because we are uncool. Now, while women will always be a problem for guys like us, most of the great art in the world is about that very problem. Good-looking people, they got no spine. Their art never lasts. Then they get the girls, who are smarter. Yeah, I can really see that now. Yeah, because great art is about you know, guilt and longing and, you know, love disguises sex and sex disguises love. Hey, let's face it. Yeah, you got a big head start. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great. You know? The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is it my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. So we get that repeat of the honest and unmerciful thing, but... Yeah, I mean, that's just... Like you said, like an overlying theme, or just the words of guidance for William. And so it's after this that, because at first they were calling it a puff piece because of his like sloppy note taking. But yeah, I mean, th then he just is honest and unmerciful, and the band denies it all. So it kind of backfires at first. Yeah, I mean, his first thing is shitty. His first uh, submission, yeah. right? His second one, like you said, sloppy. He does a good version. And they say no. Yeah. But, I mean, Philip Sir Hoffman in this scene, just, again, we said the lines earlier of, like, the only true currency in this world, and just the way his, like, voice breaks when he's reading yeah. the lines. Of course I'm cool. Yeah. I, it's just, I I love the, the shot is just him sitting, the opening shot is just a wide shot, him sitting on his floor, surrounded by what he loves, all the albums, and then you we just get this a tight, intimate shot, like profile shot of his face, and it, there's nothing, not many scenes like speak to me on a level that like this scene does. It, it's... We always sound like we're waxing poetic about this guy, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, trying to butter his bread. <laughs> but, I mean... It's... He's just so... Like, I mean, just... I mean, women, women are, you know, are always a problem for guys like us. I mean... I, I mean, I guess I have no spine, because I am a very good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's... It's almost fake what he's saying, because it's almost like he knows everything that's going on. But he knows everything that has just gone on. Friendship is the booze they feed you. Yeah. You know, these lines are just so perfect. and so... They're so perfect, and I, they're so perfect because they fit so... I mean, they speak volumes, I think, to many people, like, outside of the movie, but they're speaking to William, and they really resonate with him. Like, you know, it's not like there's, a like, an argument, like, a low point between Lester and William. And then he's just saying also... He's preaching what we're seeing, again, being that, like chorus in a way and it's just 
Nah. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> the last scene we have with with Lester, with Philip Schumer Hoffman, but... Um, one, really, it's a small role. One of his greatest roles. One of his greatest roles. It, it's nothing that's ever going to get noticed for an award, but mm-hmm. it really is one of his greatest roles. I mean, after this, I mean, it just it comes down to that final scene, right? Like, that's the, that's the most important part where Penny kind of tricks Russell into thinking yeah, that he's Yeah, it's not the be- final scene, right? But it's like... No, 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 but I'm saying, like, that's like... That's the, like the... I love that scene. Yeah, and so he... Russell is tricked by Penny into thinking that he's showing up and they're going to hash out their relationship. I, I, lo- I love what he says to her. Oh, I wanted to mention something first before we get to that. Sure. Um, this whole uh, how it all unfolds in this like quick uh, span, I really like because, remember, he runs into his sister, Zoe Deschanel's character, mm-hmm. in a random airport. Yeah. Oh, but before that, sorry, <laughs> before that even, Russell well, I goes, jumped ahead too much. <laughs> write what you want. Yeah, yeah. Remember when he's, I love how he just turns around and says, write what you want. Yeah. You know? He runs to his sister, his sister, like, he has his sister's ears, and she's a flight attendant now. She's like, let's go somewhere. Where do you want to go? I'll take off. Come to home. Yeah, and... and the mom answering this. She is not happy about it, like... Zoe Deschanel. Oh, Deschanel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mom is very happy. Like, of lo- all places yeah. you're going to go. I love just, like, uh, you know, like, would she say I accept your apology or like I, for, I forgive you? I forgive yeah. you. And so he just, you know, just like I didn't apologize. For yeah. Anything. Oh god, I love that. Just the awkward laughs between. So, them he, and so he's home and he passes out. Yeah. I think it's like a couple. It's it's not like right away. No, he's wearing the same things. This is what I noticed when oh. Russell comes over. Wow. Okay. He's just like passed out, but she's not. Uh, the sister. Yeah. Well, so in every uniform. I guess. I'm th- yeah. Either it's the same day later, which is a little crazy. But I'm you, you ever so tired, especially when you're a kid, and like you pass out in your clothes and you don't wake up to, like to the next day like that. Yeah. I think that's what happened here. I think also, you as an adult, alcohol is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happens here, though. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know, and so yeah. it's the next day, and, and you were alluding to this scene, so yeah. So I just wanted to set it up. And she. Tricks Russell. He thinks I love. What he says to her, "Let's say all the things we never said to one another." Mm-hmm. And so you think that's. And she's like, "Do you have a pen?" You know, and you think that he's gonna head over there, but he arrives, and I love the awkward confusion of this scene. Yeah, because he thinks it's Penny's home, Penny's house, and Elaine Williams' mom answers the door, and she knows, you know, who it is, and she's like, "I, I felt the connection between <laughs> us." And he asks if if she's home, meaning Penny, and she's like, "Who? Uh, Anita?" <laughs> and she just Zoe Deschanel just gives this great like, what? Oh me? Do you think she knew who he was? Yeah, she's like into music. Okay, it's, I, I was gonna ask you that. I mean, she's definitely into music because we learned that in the beginning of the film. But I think she, yeah, I think so. And just the fact that she, I'm sure, like she just took a flight home she, with she him. Just, he probably told her a little bit about it. And she's like, oh, Russell Hammond, I know. Yeah, you know. So that's just great. And he walks into the bedroom, right? Yeah. Because he, he he sees the photos, then he realizes it's Williams, and he, and. They have, they have that He's really there nice conversation. Where the enemy sleeps. <laughs> That's also a fun, like, you know, I'm speaking to the only person, I'm telling the truth to the one person I shouldn't be. And I think, um, is it Greg Ullman that you mentioned earlier? That yeah. Came across? I think this actually happened with him, too, Greg Ullman. Not with the whole switcheroo, but I, I saw... Oh, visited Cameron Crowe? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I like to apologize to him about something. I'm Again, I'm not sure. I'm sure it wasn't 100% like this, mm-hmm. but it was just to say, like... Hey man, sorry what happened there. Because I know like Greg Ullman really lost his temper with Cam- a young Cameron Crowe. Hmm. Um, okay. So th- that's where that scene's uh, taken from. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, 
he's uh you know he has a great line that says we both wanted to be with her but i think she wanted us to be together and he tells william to go ahead and call her they live in the same city and then william finally finally gets his interview and oh and the one other like we said the payoff that her name was what again i wrote it i wrote it down something really weird i wrote it down too yeah it's uh lady lady goodman Lady Goodman, yes. Her mom wanted her to marry up. That was her advice. And so she named her uh, Penny uh, Lady. Lady Goodman. So I'm, I'm blaming her going for by Penny Lane. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, and then there's that little satisfaction because um, he you know, says to William, I never even really, I never knew her real name. And William just has that, you know, that's, at that point, that's like, you know, his like little win, even besides like that the article is going to come out or whatever. But Russell gives him, you know, finally that interview and says, and William wants to go with, what do you love about music? And that's, the, and then that's the great, it's just, he starts, Russell starts talking and we see the No More Planes tour the bus, we see like the band getting along and there he's like, yeah. and Jeff are like in one another's embr- you know, embrace and obviously there's fights to come and they're gonna eventually, no, I mean, except for what, the Rolling Stones, no bands <laughs> like stay together for Ever. Isn't that alluded to in the film yeah, at point? Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's character says, you think you're going to see Mick Jagger up on stage, James, at 50 years old? <laughs> to Mick Jagger being like 75. That's um, crazy. And then Penny gets her payoff. Like, that's funny in 2000. It's 2017. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mick Jagger at that point was well over 50, but close to being 60 at that point. <laughs> and then Penny gets her payoff by going to Morocco. Yeah, which is something she said yeah. she was going to do. And we see... What is it again? What's the bus's name? Uh, Doris. Doris. We see Doris, like a like a true western, riding off into the sunset. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's I mean that's almost famous. So, again, pretty awesome film. Is this your favorite like rock film or like music film? Not I musical. No, I know, no, you're, no, a big, no, yeah. I know you're a big fan of. Uh, I do enjoy a good musical. Good musical, but um, is it my favorite? It might be. Uh, what's up uh, there for you? What are some other rock films you're you like? putting me on the spot? I'm I? just asking. I mean, just something came to the top of so, my head. Um, I know you like uh, Rockstar. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's I will defend Rockstar, but that's obviously nowhere near the level of Almost Famous. Um, oh boy, I honestly like my mind is. Oh, just, so there's not too many rock films. Yeah. I don't. I'll give you a couple seconds to look it up. Okay. Entertain the good people. <laughs> so, nice then. so Chicago, huh? Deep dish pizza. What's that about? I, I, it was a bad question on my part because I didn't have an answer myself. Yeah, exactly. Okay, please. Yeah, while well, I'm filling in. <laughs> this is my favorite rock film. Spinal Tap. Spinal. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, rock and Roll High School. <laughs> uh, hard, hard Day's Night. How about, how about, how about The Doors? School of Rock. School, I was going to say School of Rock, yeah. <laughs> Wayne's World, is that? <laughs> I don't really count that. No, I know. Um, oh, that thing you do. Oh, you Detroit like Rock City is awesome. Detroit Rock City, that thing you do. That thing you do like, is, yeah. yeah, that's a great so this, movie. So this list, High Fidelity might count. It's not really, well, they do produce some music, so. Yeah. Rockstar's up there, I see on your list. Oh, God, there's a lot more than I thought, actually. Well, I mean, they're going into, like, also, like. Yeah, documentaries don't count, but. Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats? I think we've talked about that on the episode yeah. before. Purple Rain? 
Oh my god, how could I fucking forget Purple Rain? Yeah. Sorry about the F word, I just got very excited. How <laughs> could I forget Purple Rain? Wow. That, Shame. That, Brian Rodriguez, you're on notice. <laughs> I am on notice. I love Purple Rain. I love it too. It just, it's, oh, it's so I, good. I, I fall into it when I'm put on the spot. I'm not a good... Uh, not a good on the spot guy with a with trivia. Purple Rain, classic, but classic film. I mean, why do you? So why do you think this resonates so much with Hoffman fans or, or non fans? Like, why do you think this resonates? Because so again, much? like, I mean, people. Well, it's a big thing I now in like our culture, like to be like to like almost accept like labels aren't good by any means, but you know, it's like cool to be like I'm a nerd. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that happened after this movie came out. You know, people really embrace it, like with the tech boom and everything. I feel like, yeah. But and like I said, it's a little bit of like hipster culture too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just so. I th- I think before like that happened, like it's okay. I mean, even then, like the the drummer admitting that he's gay, like that still was that like back in two thousand. That was you know people weren't as comfortable like coming out. Uh, and it's th- again, it's it was still part of the humor back then too. Yeah. Um, so, so to answer your question, he just the way he delivers those lines. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not like Cameron Crowe wrote them, but the way he delivers them and just is just so honest with William and fine, and they have this bond and just that love of music and no, and knowing yourself for good and bad. That's like what this character is, and that's what I think really resonates with people the most. What about you? I mean, what's it, it's it's that it's the whole like of course I'm home I'm uncool we all all have the moments where we just feel so uncool yeah we have those Friday and nights so where it's alone. just like you know I try to enjoy life but you have them less than anybody I'm sorry you have these moments less than anybody no I have a lot yeah. of these moments you know that come on um, I've no I've, t- I've taken the last I'm about to go on another trip a two week trip but last trip I did I called you I'm like man. <laughs> it's just like this, this one's it's fun Thailand was amazing but I was just like I felt lonely at one point I felt like not this uncool. is the infamous phone call that you referred to on many or at least one other podcast yeah. you did <laughs> no 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 and that's what I mean we all have the moments. I'm bearing myself right now <laughs> we all have the moments where we just feel super uncool and this kind of just validates that yeah validates justify like or just no even do you know what it is it just says like fuck you it really like it Screw anyone that tries to make you feel crappy. Be yourself. Find something you love and don't let go. And, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel Stay that corny. Stay on cool. You know, it doesn't feel that corny when it in. No, it's so sincere. I think someone it's so palpable yeah, the I think way he played this role and made it sound corny. Yeah, you know, maybe, like, maybe, almost more tra- almost more like a fairy godmother. Yeah, maybe Jack Black. <laughs> You're know. a Jack Black guy. I love Jack Black, but I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman brings, I mean, this role, it's his, it'll obviously always be his, and it's going to be something that continues to really, um, to, you know, to touch people and to, you know. How great is it for for him playing this when he was playing this, like, to just, we're talking about Lester Bangs now, someone who might have been lost in history, unless you're a music historian. Yeah. Because of his performance here. Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to post uh, some, you know, like an interview with Lester Bangs or so, and just then from there, go onto YouTube, read articles, like this guy was an awesome figure in the music scene, and brilliant, brilliant guy, and I, I, I Philip Seymour often definitely did him justice. And Oh, I agree. Yeah. For sure. 
So anything else you want to touch on with Almost Famous? I mean, this is... Sometimes we can go on for hours. and but Yeah. But this one feels like... This is cathartic in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's, we're not stretching here to talk about things. It's just because this movie means, it's, at least to me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, it no. means so much to me, this movie. Mm-hmm. No, out of, out, of, um, out of all of his movies, this one, it means them. I love, I love, love, love so many of his performances. And then, like, I am in love with, you know, like, some of his movies... You know, all of his P.T. Anderson ones, I, I love all those films. Um, but, and again, his performances, like pretty much every performance of his I love. But this is the one, this is the movie that means the most to me, too. Wow, that, that's that's a big statement there. Yeah. I, I can't disagree. I, <laughs> I'm going to wait till we f- see them all. Yeah. And then we'll go and we'll discuss this for sure. But this is one, again, this is one I was waiting to see. It sometimes it's a labor to see some of these films, and not because they're bad, and not because he does bad, but it's like it, it, this is supposed to be entertainment. I'm not about like being here and making this like a film school podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about fun. And while this movie, what it means to us, what it means to you, like like it resonates, but it's also a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a nice, it's like a perfect length. <laughs> Great soundtrack, obviously, which always helps. Well, let us know what you guys think of it. I'm sure you, uh, everyone here has strong opinions and almost famous. Let's find the eight percent who don't like this film. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love for them to comment and come out. It's just we'll just, turn you. <laughs> just let us know. Yeah, we'll prove it to you that this is just an awesome movie. Yeah. So if you're watching this on Facebook, thank you so much for yeah, dealing putting, with us and putting up with our faces, faces and, and, and the lag, lag, and technical difficulties. Who knows if we're stuff. even on right now? We're gonna check out. Never turned so. on a light in the room, so it's gotten darker. I mean, it's getting darker outside, but you know, I'm reading as it generally does later in the day. Oh, wow. except, except not, uh, like yeah, in the northern the Arctic, yeah, Arctic circle <laughs> in the summer, which that's where we're coming to you from our uh, for our next uh, movie. The P.S. I Love Hoffman World Tour. Oh, okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, no more. F- <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Sometimes you got nothing, right? Sometimes, yeah. So, uh, what do we have next week, Kyle? Next week we have a documentary called "The The Party's Over," which Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, is the narrator, the host of this documentary. He didn't direct it, but it's about the 2000 election between Bush and Gore politics. Always. Very delightful. Yeah, to talk yeah, about. I can't wait to talk about that one for sure. <laughs> and we have uh, Dan Pichel. He works in the film industry and also has had a small career in politics. So we're trying to get his insight into the world of politics. For and, sure, and he's, he brings a different perspective. We'll put different it that perspective way. than yeah than a lot of people. Lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, super excited to do this. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, like, listen, follow, share, subscribe. Yeah, and always uh, make sure to go on to cageclub.me for the Cage Club Network. Yeah, Brian, cageclub.me. Brian, this is Brian. this is the shirt made by the the gorgeous and talented Joey Lewandowski. The gorgeous and talented <laughs> Joey Lewandowski. Co-founder of Cage Club Podcast Network. Yeah, with Michael Manzi. With Michael Manzi. My dear friend. <laughs> and yeah, so make sure to do that. They got plenty other... Ours is the best. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, middle of the road. Middle of the road. Ours. Yeah, exactly. Like Stillwater. Monkey Mo- business. Middle of the road. Yeah, monkey. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, no, pl- 
plenty of awesome. No, no, great shows. Yeah, great podcasts. And uh, they just announced the new one, uh, the Affleck the, one. The the podcast. The podcast. PocketCon, Harvard Yacht, Beantown, not Chicago. Learned it. No, 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 no. And uh, yeah, yeah, de- definitely check that out when it comes out this fall. But just yeah. go back and listen to all the Cage ones. Listen to all the uh, Keanu. Keanu Keanu ones. Listen yeah. to the Zac Efron ones. I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. no, they're great. They're great. But most importantly. Let's say it together, Brian. Stay, stay un- school. Oh, sorry. Stay uncool <laughs> by staying in school. Yes, yeah, stay. I'm, un- I'm not. I'm looking at us on the screen, not yes. at the camera. <laughs> stay really rude to point. Stay uncool. Sexy things, sexy things. I believe in miracles.